We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So the Knicks fans cheering. Brunson will just dribble out the shot clock. Now throws it a heart. He'll take the 24-second violation. So the four-game losing streak will come to an end. Both coaches now emptying their benches. Knicks with some beautiful basketball in the first half and some really ugly stretches in the second half, especially that third quarter. They saw a 26-point lead cut to six with plenty of time remaining, but able to withstand a furious rally and make the big plays down the stretch a number of different players, Wally. Yeah, this is five losses in a row at home for Philadelphia. This is a team that's right there with you in the standings, also banged up with injuries, and now you're 2-0, beating them twice in their building so far this season. This was a really big win for the New York Knicks. All right, we're back. We're back. After a win, All-Star break is in the past. We got our guy in there. We got to watch Jalen Brunson festivities over the weekend. He's doing press. He's doing interviews. We're all excited. And then we're back to basketball. And it was nice to be back to basketball. And the funny thing about this game is the all-star that we were celebrating had one of his worst games of the year. And the beauty of what the Knicks have now created with this roster is depth and flexibility. Different ways you can win a game, different lineups you can play. And that's what you saw on full display. Without that all-star performing, you got a very nice 110 to 96 victory over the Philadelphia 76ers. Both teams obviously extremely shorthanded, missing one all-star each. Now, the Sixers are missing an MVP candidate, of course, uh, which is different, but you know, still a lot of good players on that team. Tyrese Maxey showed you what makes him such a difficult guy to guard. And the Knicks, despite some pretty furious Philadelphia runs, a third quarter to forget from a Knicks perspective. The Knicks kept it at bay. I think it got to six, was the closest that it got. And they made enough plays, made enough shots to distance themselves in the defense in the fourth quarter. And this is what I mean by lineup flexibility. 
the ability to go to Precious Achua at the five and Deuce McBride with DiVincenzo, Josh Hart, and Jalen Brunson. That's four guys, 6'5 and under, and a 6'8 center. And I'm looking at like, is that Tom Thibodeau putting this lineup on the floor to finish a game? Oh my God. And they were flying. Now, Philadelphia had gone small. And a lot of their success in that second half came from just like very switchable, rangy, wing-heavy lineups. And when Tibbs just matched that with the lineup I just mentioned, allowing Deuce McBride to guard Tyrese Maxey, who's your best option there. Like, full stop, he's your best option there right now. DiVincenzo's okay on, on the ball on a quick guy like that, but Maxi was in the paint the entire third quarter, just destroying the Knicks defense. And when you got Deuce McBride in there, well, things slowed down. And they were so switchable. And you were so fast on the perimeter, rotating all over the place. You halted the Sixers. You halted the run with defense. The offense didn't get much better. But the, the defensive capability of that lineup changed the game. And you go flash back to the first half, which the Knicks had a 26-point lead at one point. What, what was it? that It was a shooting lineup. It was Bogdanovich and Burks. It was Brunson getting trapped, hitting the short roll, and now you got shooting galore, flanking Jalen Brunson. That's a whole different story, an offensive lineup that can get you going. So the ability that this roster, the flexibility that this roster now has to win different styles of games, different styles of quarters, different styles of halves. And it was really a good sign to see the coach utilize that depth and flexibility, which I think is a worry that we all rightfully have. Like, will this coach be able, you've weaponized the roster. You got all the ammo. Is the coach willing to go different directions? That's a really important question to me in these last, whatever it is, 25, 27 games. Because obviously, as guys filter back into the lineup, hopefully, I mean, you're not even close to your full strength, but even, even what's out there now, and forget about it when OG comes back and Randall comes back and Mitch maybe comes back. Now you're talking about unbelievable flexibility to play different ways, different lineups, different types of centers. And that's what this game, to me, like more than anything displayed. And again, we're, we're not even close to at full strength, and yet there's tremendous flexibility and depth here. I thought Jericho Sims gave them great minutes, in the first half especially. Great minutes. Precious is just outrageous what he's doing out there. Just a force on both ends. Josh Hart looked like he rested up, really rested up over the break, and came out. Shooting with more confidence, he promised us on, on his podcast and other places that he was going to work on it. It looked like he worked on it. The shot looked a little bit better. Made, made how many threes? Two, two for five from three, which we'll take any day, 40%. Made a few mid-range shots. Looked very confident in his stroke. He had a great game, Josh Hart. Terrific on both ends. And Bogdanovich in the first half goes nuclear. You saw what you could be so excited about with him. And the offensive versatility he provides and the shooting is outrageous when he gets going. 
And then in the second half, I thought you saw a little bit of the downside when things get physical and tight, close quartered. You got to be strong on the ball. You have to be quick to the ball. When defenses are pushed up into you like there, that's where you worry a little bit about bogey. All right. So he came out of the game. You got Deuce McBride there for him in that type of game who fits that style a little bit better, who can guard the opposing point guard. That's a that's a beautiful thing that the the front office has created here, and if you can create the synergy between front office and coach, where you, there's a vision here with this roster, and can the vision be executed by the coach? If it can be, and tonight was a really good sign, I think in that direction, where you played two very different halves and found a way to win using different types of lineups. If you can find that synergy. And you get the guys back, the top end talent that we need to get to, to really advance in the playoffs. That then there really is a very high ceiling. There's a very high ceiling. What is the ceiling? Is it is it conference finals? Is do they have a shot against Boston at full strength? Like I'm sure we'll have those conversations, but I don't think it's a stretch to say that if you get that synergy and you get healthy. There is no reason to say that this team can't be the second best team in the East. It's after All-Star break. I'm excited to be back. So I'll make declarations like this could be the second best team in the East and maybe they can give Boston a run for their money. This is exactly what you want to see. Look, Jalen Brunson, he was the one guy that uh, didn't take a break, right? I mean, anybody, you hear from players over that go to the All-Star game. Um, they'll all tell you it's exhausting. Like, it's not a break. It's not a rest. And I thought Brunson looked a little bit haggard, a little bit tired. The turnovers were uncharacteristic. Obviously, the Sixers were throwing Ubre at him for the whole second half, which is tough. He's long. Um, I thought Brunson forced it a lot in the third quarter, just holding on to the ball too much. He's got to move it. Um, which he did He did really well in the first half, I thought. In the second half, they stopped trapping as aggressively and they just kind of threw length at him, and I think that bothered him. And if they were bringing doubles, it was once he was in the paint, which he has trouble recognizing at times. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, I think he was probably, you know, he didn't get the break that these other guys got. He's being asked to create so much offense for this team. Um, just going to give Jalen Brunson a break because he deserves it. Um, and we can move on from there. But the fact that the team as a whole on both sides of the ball can compensate and survive and thrive in that scenario where Brunson is struggling is a great sign. That's a great sign. And to Brunson's credit, he got to the line a ton. Um, and so that, that, that at least got some points on the board in the third quarter when they were really struggling it was the only way they could score in the third quarter. Um, but really good sign to see the rest of the roster come together different points of the game. Everybody, everybody contributed really even Alec Burks, who I thought was probably the weak point had some moments, made some shots, got fouled. I know he missed the free throws in the, at the end there. Um, everybody really, everybody stepped up. And the one guy that you're worried about and like <laughs> to say the least, it's like not, it's, it's discouraging that after an all-star break, when he was supposed, you know, I, I, he was certainly resting that Achilles that Isaiah Hartenstein only got, what did he get? 13 total minutes tonight? 11. Only the only played that first, first, the first and third quarter stint to start each quarter. 
um, and didn't come back in and, and frankly didn't look particularly spry, wasn't jumping particularly well in those 11 minutes. And that is very discouraging. And I, not a doctor, I don't know the answer, but if this is what it's going to be, I'm not even sure what you're doing here. Just, just sit him until you feel like you can get some semblance of Isaiah Hartenstein back. And like rely on Sims and Achua to just hold down the fort for a minute, um, because that didn't look good. And and I hope it was just like they had a huge lead in the first half, so Tibbs didn't go back to him. But I something tells me that that he's just not feeling great. And I don't. That is the one. That's really the one thing. Because again, I'm not going to worry about Brunson. But the Hartenstein situation is the one thing I come out of this game worried about. Um, to a large extent, like I, I, that doesn't seem great to me that he came the first game out of the break. He only plays 11 minutes. Um, I'm hoping again that there's a huge lead in the first half. And then in the second half, things got small. So it, at, at the point where he might have brought Hartenstein back in, he just went to pressures at the five. I hope that's the case. And I'll hold on to that a little bit and we'll see. We'll hear post game. I'm sure the question will be asked by uh, by one of the beat reporters in terms of what the minutes, if there's a restriction or if Tibbs just didn't think he looked great or whatever. Um, unfortunately, we don't always get <laughs> very very clear answers from Tibbs on that front, and I'm sure we won't. Um, but I'm definitely that's the one thing uh, coming out of this game that's a bit of a negative. Like I do worry about his health and what that means for this team if he can't be who he's been this whole year. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, all right. Well, that's enough for me. I'm excited to hear from everybody. I hope everybody had a nice little week break to recharge like I did. Um, rejuvenate, get excited for the home stretch. And uh, let's get into it. Here we go. I also want to thank GMAC, who's on vacation producing this. Uh, I'm sorry for that, GMAC, but thank you for, for doing it. We appreciate it. All right, Busy is first in. What's up, Busy? Busy says, was ready to blame the coach for this loss, but credit to him for making the right adjustments and going small to match the Sixers. Hashtag deuce. Yes, sirree. Um, I'm not sure why. I don't know. I, would, I, I don't know if I would have blamed the coach for the loss, at least primarily, um, but and maybe you could point to some things he thought busy. He didn't do well, but he made the adjustment when he had to make the adjustment. 
And um, that's what took them over the top in the fourth quarter. Juice was magnificent. I mean, guarding Maxi, guarding healed on switches, rotating to the corner, uh, um, uh, drawing offensive fouls on screens because he's fighting over like a maniac. Like without doing much on offense, I thought he changed the entire game. Deuce McBride. And that's just a luxury. He's your 10th man. When guys come back, he's your 11th, 12th man. And, and I think there are situations where maybe he should play. That's the beauty of this roster. You have a lot of ways to go. Um, but yeah, credit to Tibbs for making that adjustment for sure. The one thing I'll say in, 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 criti- in critiquing Tibbs is you're starting this lineup with Precious and Hart and, you're, and, and a center, and you're playing it a lot. And I thought in the third quarter, you really felt the lack of space. And he didn't go to Burks or Bogdanovich quickly enough to try to open things up for Brunson a little bit. Uh, I do that. That is a fair criticism. Um, and maybe that's where you're getting that busy. Um, and I hope that he is more willing to, to pivot off of that lineup when things get the way they got in the third quarter. And when Brunson doesn't have space and, there, and there's nowhere to go with the ball because you got Hart and Precious as outlets. Um, you add a second shooter there, whether it's Bogey or Burks for Hart or for Precious and play Hart at the four or take out the center and go with Hart at the four and Precious at the five and add a shooter, which was the lineup essentially at the end. Um, that would be, that would, that would be my one note is, is pivot off that. If you're going to start it, which whatever, I'm not going to get too worked up about starting it. The problem is when he starts a lineup, it often plays a lot and I'd like to see him pivot off of it a little quicker. Thanks, Busy. Be more Corey. Thank you for the chat and the contribution. Be more Corey. Shout out to Tibbs. Look at this shout. So well, it's such a shame that Macri's not here tonight. We're getting shouts to Tibbs for going with the absolute dog lineup down the stretch. I love that. In all caps, the absolute dog lineup. Brunson, DiVincenzo, Hart, Precious. And Deuce, the absolute dog lineup. That's so good. Also, always enjoy watching a YMCA player absolutely cook another team bogey. (laughs) Uh, Man, as a white slow shooter, um, I I really relate. There's such... (laughs) He's European. He's not white American, but like... I said when they saw he needs to get an arm sleeve or something. There's just it's just very pale. There's a lot of paleness. Um, but man, he can shoot. He can shoot. Macri's tweeting at me about every time. I I am not going to allow this to become I'm the guy that hates Bogey. I do not hate Bogey. I do not. I recognize how great a shooter he is. It's there's unlimited evidence that he's a great shooter. I worry about some of his negative traits on this team with this roster. I think it's something you're going to have to navigate. I think you saw it a little bit in the second half, but like, obviously the shooting adds a lot. Like that's indisputable. You saw it loud and clear in the first half. Um, And it's going to be a matter. It's going to be a matter of juggling the lineups correctly to make sure that you are amplifying his strengths and 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 hiding his weaknesses to the best of your ability and i do think the roster has the flexibility to do that um it's just about finding the right combinations uh but yeah shout out to tips for going to that lineup down the stretch it was suffocating defensively i mean precious you know and and, and you can get schematically flexible too and they did there was more switching right it's like 
it's just I, I'm I'm really hoping that Tibbs embraces the versatility of of his roster, both schematically and in terms of lineups. And I think he saw that late tonight, which is what's the most encouraging thing to me of all. Thanks, be more Corey. Sam Garcia the Great. Love me a Caucasian Eastern European who can fall. <laughs> wow. Honestly, all I see in that is a is a tremendous diss to Western Europe and France specifically and Evan Fournier more specifically. What about a Caucasian Western European who can ball? Um, listen, Bogey was outstanding in that first half. And I should add, made a massive, difficult corner three in the third quarter when things were in, in dire straits, when they could not buy a bucket. And he was able to just put his shoulder into the chest in the corner and rise and fire into a three. That was a huge shot. I don't remember if it, if it stretched it from six to nine at the time. Um, it sounds right. But... Huge shot. And he can do that. He can self-create a little bit, and he's just a knockdown shooter. So credit to the Bogues. Thank you, Sam. Dan Hidalgo. Dan Hidalgo, thank you so much for the contribution. Drooling, picturing how we look when healthy. Yeah, man. A lot of talent on this roster. A lot of depth, a lot of versatility, a lot of flexibility, a lot of size, a lot of shooting, strength, defense. You have... Everything you need in theory, like everything, every part of the game, you can match up with any lineup. It's going to be, if everyone is healthy, it's going to be a question of like, what Julius Randle do you get? Because if you get the top end talent, because I think Jalen Brunson will be great in the playoffs again. If Julius Randle can, can rise to the occasion, and you now have the top-end talent to at least come close to matching some of the top teams, if not matching. The surrounding depth and versatility around those two guys is as good as there is, maybe outside of Boston, at least in terms of like a top six, seven. But but New York goes like 11-12. And it, it, it is extremely exciting to think about. Just have to get healthy and 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 again, the coach needs to be willing to get creative. And this was a good sign. And that's why that's why I come on here so excited tonight. And I keep saying it, I keep harping on it. It's because it, it really made an impact on me. Like to see him go to that lineup late, which is like the very anti-Tibbs lineup. Maybe it has to do like if Hartenstein's healthy, maybe he doesn't go to it. And like Deuce probably doesn't see the floor if uh if you have your full roster late, I don't know, maybe, maybe not, but like to see him even think that way and like realize I need to go small and, and agile here to finish the game is such an encouraging sign to me. Thank you, Dan. Armand Berdinage, I think. I hope I pronounced that right. I apologize if I didn't. With a great avatar of Tibbs. <laughs> Andrew, I think that's the... Uh, hipster tibs behind tibs but but looks but in a tibs sweatshirt um armand says i can't believe golden state let new clay go to keep washed clay if this team gets healthy i'm starting to think finals okay yeah i i, I barely talked about divincenzo um 
DiVincenzo is what he he had. He only shot four of eleven from three tonight. He had sixteen points on fifteen shots. It wasn't his like best shooting game, but he makes huge shots. He also had the other one when it was at six. He's after an offensive rebound by Deuce, I believe. Um, hit a huge hit. A, he hit a couple of huge shots in this game, and just like the 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 quickness of the release, the confidence with which he's shooting changes the geometry of the floor. So that if he's strong side corner, you absolutely can't give him any space. Tyrese Maxey made a very bad defensive mistake with strong side corner on DiVincenzo. Brunson was on the wing and he takes one look, right? Maxey takes one look at Jalen Brunson, a couple of steps off that corner. Brunson immediately swings at DiVincenzo in the corner and it takes him a split second to release from the corner. And he's automatic on a catch and shoot from the corner. He's automatic. So like, that's why it changes the geometry. Now, if 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 Maxi doesn't take those couple of steps and he's all over DiVincenzo in the corner, well, that's a lane for Brunson to attack one on one, right? When he's one pass away, it changes the geometry of the floor, his willingness to shoot, and then that's not even mentioning the other stuff that he does, whether it's a clutch rebound or a deflection or or he jumps a DHO, which he does at least once a game, where like teams will just be in their like very standard window dressing to start their sets, whether it's a little flip action, whether it's a DHO, whether it's a delay. And like DiVincenzo jumps one of he knows he knows what they want to run, mostly because the Knicks run a lot of that stuff too. But even he's probably scouting out what they do. And he jumps one and gets a dunk on the other end like once a game. He's so smart. He's such an intelligent basketball player and he's become such a knockdown shooter and a volume shooter. And that's why we can excuse the fact that he tries to ambitiously throw down a dunk that he always comes up short on once a game as well. Thank you, Harmand. S2B Nation. Thank you, sir, for the contribution. Uh, doesn't have a chat. Um, so let us know if you want to uh, send a chat. I think either you forgot or you just wanted to contribute to the show. Either way, thank you. Jessica Elsner. What's up, Jessica? I uh, hope you had a nice little week break. Hope everything is well. Jessica says the Knicks really played with Ruach tonight in the first half. Great to see them rested. Second half was a bit iffy, but they got the dub. Let's go Knicks. For those who don't know, Ruach is spirit in Hebrew. And uh, indeed they did. They, they, I said it, I tweeted it out. Like they came out with a tremendous amount of energy. Like they'd been waiting for this game for a week and a half. Um, the entire supporting cast around Brunson came out that way. Flying. Josh Hart was flying. Precious Achua was flying. He had like six boards in the first like three minutes. Um, it was fun to watch. It was really fun to watch. And even though things kind of got grounded to a halt there in the third quarter, to find a way out of that and um, and, and come out with a, with a really big win. Like, you know, you forget because of the break. They had lost a lot of games <laughs> leading up to this. Um, they needed a win. Like the Rockets game maybe was stolen from them. Uh, Indiana, they played pretty poorly. Orlando, they played pretty poorly. Super shorthanded. They they barely got healthier. I mean, they got DiVincenzo back and they got like a quarter of Hartenstein back. Um, and I guess Bogdanovich missed the last game as well. So he's back. Um, and you got a big win. You got to bank some wins here to keep up in the seeding race uh, against the team that may be chasing you. Although I, I have a feeling they're going to continue to fall down the standings. Um, but we'll see. Thank you, Jessica. Armand's back. 
What's up, Armand? Are we ever going to get a verdict on the protest? Uh, it's a great question. Um, it's interesting that it's taking this long. I don't know the statistics as to how long the protests normally take. Um, so I don't know if this is abnormal. The league was also like dealing with all stars. So maybe they were, I don't know, resources. I'm not sure how much they were looking at this. I, I, I am very confident that they will not be winning this protest, but I'm willing to be wrong. I just don't, I wouldn't bank on it. Um, yes. At some point we'll get a verdict. I do not know when. And I have, I, I have very little hope that it will be the result that we're hoping for. Um, but thanks Armand. Mythic Monty the Great. What's up, Mythic? Maybe the 76ers are small, but love JB Deuce lineup. Yeah. Uh, and Fred made the point that they had to go to the Brunson Deuce lineups when they were like severely shorthanded. Um, and maybe that gave Tibbs some hope that it could work. But yeah, it, it's a good lineup. You know, it, JB didn't just struggle on offense tonight. Um, through that third quarter when he was getting switched on to Maxi. He was getting absolutely blown by over and over again. And I was surprised that the Knicks didn't either switch to blitz, meaning Brunson would switch, but then they'd send the second defender and force it out of Maxi's hand or try to just like what Brunson normally does against lead guards is he'll hedge out or, or, or um, he'll, he'll jump the ball handler only to retreat back to his man tonight. They were letting him switch a lot. And then Maxi was blowing him the hell by. Um, and there were some other defensive possessions from Brunson that were pretty disappointing. Ubre had got him a couple times on easy drives. He had a couple of big plays defensively, got a couple strips. Um, and you know, he's always going to hang around and be tough in there, but like putting deuce next to him as like a, as a ball handler stopper, as a point of attack stud on defense is really valuable. By the way, that's why Quentin Grimes was a really good fit next to Jalen Brunson. Right. And Deuce provides that, or some of that, at least defensively. And I do like it. I do like to see it. And again, it's the depth that you have. And like, I am not, I'm hoping we're fully healthy going into the playoffs. If we're not in a place where like Deuce McBride's out of the rotation, I'm okay with that because Deuce McBride's good. Like Deuce McBride can give you a lot of things to help you win. And you can play next to Brunson and feel pretty good about it against most teams. I agree. Thanks, Mythic. M-D-H-D-Z. What's up, man? Thank you for the contribution. Got the dub and no injuries. A double win. Yeah, I, 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 I wish I was there with you. I wish I was like fully there with you. I'm just, I'm a little hung up on this Hartenstein thing. Because part of me expected him, at least leading up to today, um, part of me expected him to be full strength and like ready to go after getting a week and a half, whatever off and resting and for him to not look right from the beginning. And also to only play 11 minutes, like it's not a technically an injury, but it's tells me that there's something pretty wrong there. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not in the post game and I, I, I haven't heard what the coaches have said or Hartenstein has said himself about like his situation. Um, but I know leading up to the game where he was questionable, it wasn't like nobody seems to have been like, let this guy play a full night or he's at full strength. Like, and if this is something they really have to manage throughout the last 25 games, 
part of me wonders if they should sit him for another five or six. Um, I know we're super shorthanded, but like having him healthy in the playoffs should be the priority. And again, it's an overuse type of injury. The more rest, the better. So I don't know. I'm still hung up on, on this and I hope we get some clarity as to what's going on. Uh, but I'm not so hopeful on that either because the, this is the Knicks. Uh, so yeah, I'm thrilled it was a dub. I'm thrilled no one else got hurt. Uh, still a little worried about Isaiah Hardenstein. Thank you, MD. Danny Gardner. What's up, Danny? Thanks for the chat. Did Hart raise the set point on his shot? You know, Danny, that's a great observation. I think he might have as well. It did look a little bit different. Um, I have to look back at it in slow-mo, but uh, maybe maybe you should, uh, if, you, if you don't mind putting together a side-by-side and sending it my way, I'd love to, to see it. Something did look a little bit different about his about his jump shot though tonight. Uh, so that's a that's a really good observation on your part. And man, like Josh Hart shot forty percent from three for the Knicks last year. That's an, that was never going to happen. There, if you expected him to be a forty percent shooter, like you were, <laughs> you were uh, looking through uh, blue and orange color glasses. Like that wasn't going to happen. He's not that kind of shooter. He's never been that kind of shooter. But he's better than what he's been. And the hope is that he's not 29, 30%. He's not 40%, but he can he be 34, 35% on decent volume and not hesitant to shoot. And that would be a big change. Starting tonight, maybe you started, maybe you saw the turnaround or like he had a week to really work on it. He said publicly he was going to really work. I think there were some, um, some videos and pictures coming out that he's working with his trainer over the break. Sometimes that's what guys need a little reset time to really just focus like he's also been struggling with a with a bulk with a bulky knee and so i wonder if he wasn't getting he wasn't able to put all the time in that he wanted to so he gets some rest get some time in the gym to find the shot again find the stroke maybe make some adjustments to your point danny and like let's let's get the shot to a place where we can feel good about it again that would be a huge development for this team because he's gonna he's a huge part of the team he's important to the team tibbs loves him he's gonna play a lot of minutes if we can get to 35, 36% for the, you know, that's a big, that's a big deal. That's, that's a great point, Danny. Thanks for raising that. Anthony Sixto. Thank you, sir, for the generous contribution. Anthony says we have so many other guys that make deep playoff runs. Oh, I see what you're saying. That, that create deep playoff, the guys that would be part of a deep playoff run. Dante equals big shot, Bob, and how cold blooded he can be. I am getting Denver vibes where they patiently waited for health to align and maximize. Holy cow. Anthony Sixto. I was literally just thinking about this today. I just had this thought. Now, the thing with Denver, and this is why I was thinking about this, is because my thought was, if they never get healthy, the Knicks, God forbid, they never get healthy. Like Denver, held on to that one stretch before I believe Jamal Murray got hurt. Andrew, maybe you can correct me, but I'm pretty sure it was a Jamal Murray injury that derailed their season maybe twice. And, and, but, but they kept going back and Zach Lowe talked about this a lot. They kept going back to that stretch of basketball when they were the best team in the league. And they said, we, if we can just get healthy, we know we have evidence like it's there. That team 
an elite basketball team is in this roster if we can f- get healthy again, ever. It took them two years to get healthy again. But, but, but when they got healthy, they won a championship. And I was literally today, it's amazing you said this, because I was just thinking about it today. If the Knicks never get fully healthy, and, and, and if anybody is like super confident in either Mitch or Julius, I would really recommend toning it down. Because a bad shoulder it has a very high risk of, of re-injury, even if he does come back in good shape. And with how physical Julius Randle plays and how he leads with those shoulders, if he what kind like what what does that Julius Randle look like with so if he's at all hesitant with that shoulder pre-surgery, if he just if he elects not to get the surgery, plus he hasn't ruled out surgery. So like I have very little confidence that we are going to see a fully healthy Knicks team in the playoffs. Like very, very, very unsure. Like Isaiah and, and Isaiah Hartenstein, the way he looks, I'm not sure he's going to be fully healthy. And Mitch, like he's coming back, he's a seven footer, seven one, with his weight coming back from ankle surgery. Like, who knows what that's going to look like? I, I, the one guy I'm pretty sure is going to be fine at some point is OG, but like, you know, but. What we saw in January, that was rarefied air for a team. Like, and I know the schedule wasn't that hard, but the numbers spoke for themselves. The performances spoke for themselves. The way it looked spoke for itself. Like, the team looked special for a long period of time before injuries totally decimated this team. And I think, like Denver, you might have a organization looking at that stretch, no matter what happens, if they ever get healthy this year in the playoffs, I hope they do. And I hope we have like really serious basketball to talk about this season. I'm just not confident in that, but like I am confident in that you can look at that stretch and say, that was very real. This is a special group. It's the right mix. And if we could just get it all together and healthy, maybe we can make a real run. I, I, I and, and they don't have Jokic. Right, like, and they might still make a superstar a superstar swing, and that changes this. But I absolutely believe that the organization looks at that January run and says, maybe we don't need to make the superstar swing. Not to say we won't if it comes available to us. We have the ammo. We're ready to make that move if it comes available. But we don't need it to feel like a contender. Just gotta get healthy. Just gotta get healthy. Uh, and 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 as to your point about Dante, quickly. I love how cold-blooded he is, and he's doing this thing now where as the ball's in the air, if he knows it's in, a la Steph Curry, he's kind of turning towards the bench. Look, watch close. Watch his threes. There were two of them tonight. So if you, if you go on NBA.com and just watch his made threes, on two of them, he's almost turning away as the shot is going, before the shot goes in, which is boss. So yes, he is cold-blooded. He's a monster. Thank you, Anthony. Kevin D. What's up, Danishevsky? Thank you, sir, for the contribution, as always, my friend. Kevin says, Precious is a freaking beast. I just want to see this team with at least two-thirds of Mitch Randall OG. Philadelphia is a great matchup for us when everyone's healthy. Precious is a beast. Precious is a beast. When he makes one three, it makes a big difference, too. Now, there are a couple times. It's interesting what's happening with Precious, and you'll notice this. There was one turnover in the second half where... 
Brunson got trapped, swung it to, I think it was Hart, might have been DiVincenzo on the right wing. And Precious wasn't in the corner. He was in the dunker spot. He has to be in the corner on those plays. He has to be willing to be a threat from the corner. If you're going to be playing with Josh Hart and a center and you want to survive those minutes offensively, you have to be in the corner and willing to take it. He made one in the first half. He took two in the first half. You can't be scared to be in the corner in the second half. You got to be there ready for the rotate, ready for the swing, ready to let it fly. That said, that said, he's a beast. And his relentlessness on the offensive glass, um, some of his short role playmaking has been really encouraging. His pick and roll plays rolling with, with Brunson. There's some chemistry developing there, which you love to see. Brunson, it's funny, like, Brunson actually, it's better to pair Jalen Brunson with a with a screener who will who will play below the rim because he sees those passes better. So you'll watch with Precious, it's a lot of bounce pocket passes, um, or he'll hit him in more floater range where like Precious can take a dribble and go up. Whereas with Mitch, it's like you don't want to throw him passes low because he'll probably lose the ball. And and his best, obviously, the best way to get Mitch the ball is with lobs. But Brunson's just never really shown much of a lob game. He's small. He doesn't see it as well. <laughs> With Precious, we're seeing a little bit of chemistry develop where he's finding him in those pockets. We've seen a few dunks from Precious on straight rolls. So he's doing all those things so well. At the five, we're seeing that on offense. The rim protection sometimes is a little weak. You know, that's that's the one downside. But if you get switchable with him, like they did down the stretch, he's a weapon defensively. And he had one strip on I wish I could remember who was handling the ball, but it was just a clean strip right in the middle of the paint. Big play. Maybe someone can remind me. I don't remember who it was. I don't think it was Maxi, but it was just a strip right in the middle of the lane. Little steal. He's got really good hands, really good feet. He's a weapon. He's a weapon. And he's just an interesting player in terms of where he fits. But as a depth piece and like someone who could go out there, what did he play tonight? I assume he played another 40-something minutes, right? 38. He just goes out there and plays 38 plus minutes every night. And he's given you great, great contributions. Excuse me. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. All right. Busy. What's up, busy? <laughs> Mitch needs to learn short roll reads like Precious and iHeart. We can't lose that weapon when he comes back. Busy. I got bad news for you, man. It's just not going to happen. And he, by the way, he's gotten better. Like it used to be a a non-starter to throw him the ball on the short roll. Now he at least can catch and kind of survey and make some kind of play. But like it, it's never it's never going to be a feature of this offense. He just doesn't really have that capability. He's too turnover prone. He's too tall. Doesn't really know how to dribble in that scenario. Um, you just don't trust him. You just don't trust him to make those plays <laughs> consistently. Which is why I think. If they ever got to a situation in the playoffs where both iHeart and Mitch are healthy, which we'll see, I think Hartenstein starts because teams will trap Brunson. Whether Julius is there or not, they will trap Brunson sometimes. And to be able to deliver that ball to iHeart or to Precious, um, even Sims, who's better than Mitch at it, Sims made a couple of nice plays tonight in that scenario. Like, 
you got to be able to make plays out of that when you have a guard like Brunson who's going to draw all that attention. Um, and so it's just a weakness of Mitch's game. I don't think it's ever going to be a strength. Um, he's been in the league a while already, even though he's still relatively young. Uh, it's just not who he is. And that's okay. But it's especially okay if he's your backup center. I'll tell you that much. Because that's a lot to handle for benches if that guy's coming in and beasting you on the boards. Thanks, Busy. <laughs> Jessica's back. Hey, Jessica. Oh, also so happy you get to do a dub post game, Ben. I'm sure it's less intimidating than coming on after an L. You are a mensch. Thank you. Um, thanks, Jessica. Yeah, uh, I want to. I want to be clear. There is no Benji curse. I've now been on for a couple of Ws. There are always these weird Ws where we have huge leads and then they <laughs> teams come back and we hang on. That seems to be the new trend, but it's better than losses. Um. And but it's always good to be on. I want to thank Mr. Macri for, uh, I think he's just on an extended little vacation, which he is, which he deserves. GMAC as well, who should be on vacation and not doing this, but he's here as well. Um, I want to thank him both for having me on. I love doing the post games. It's a lot of fun to be able to interact directly with all of you to get my thoughts out in this setting. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good time, especially after a win, to your point, Jessica. Thank you so much. Haitian Ferg. What's up, Haitian? You're the man. A lot of capital letters here. All right, here we go. Third quarter is where this team could have used Randall when the game got muddy. Yes. At full strength, no one in this league scares me. Our versatility is gold. Such a great observation, and I had the same thought during that third quarter. Boy, would it be nice against this small little lineup if I could throw the freaking ball to Julius Randall at the elbow. If I could run a Brunson, Randall pick and roll, which they might switch, and I get now Randall backing down whoever, Ubre, Batum, Maxi, Healed. It's so important to have that other source of offensive creation when teams can hone in on your guy like that. Uh, and they sure did. Uh, and they threw length at him and they threw like, kind of these random doubles deep in the paint on him. Brunson turned the ball over a lot tonight. Wasn't strong with the ball tonight. Wasn't confident in his decision making tonight. And the, uh, this is why the ideal version of this team has a secondary outlet like Julius. And then Brunson can get some easy looks off of Julius posts and relocations like we saw so much over the first whatever it was. 30, 40 games of the season. Uh, God, Brunson has to work so damn hard. And they're trying to run stuff for him to get him some looks. Like they'll run little floppy actions and they'll run what's called gut Chicago actions. All of these are designed to get him a little bit of space before he touches the ball. But the problem with those actions is that he's just running more. <laughs> like as much as I like the idea of him not bringing the ball up, these plays where he has to come from elsewhere to get the ball is expending more energy. And then he gets it and he's got to still make a play. So the ability for him to spend some, spend some possessions, just spotting up around Julius centric actions is really valuable. Not just because it creates good offense, but because it allows Brunson to rest while you create good offense and get some easy shots while you create good offense, be the beneficiary of someone else's creation. Uh, they, they like they need it. They need it, and and there's no question they need it. The question is, can Julius provide it in the playoffs if he's healthy? 
Uh, so that's going to be, that's to me, the swing factor for this team. As long as Julius is here, that's a swing factor for this team. Cause I think Jalen is who he is. And I think you're now at a place where your role players and to your point, Haitian, the versatility, the flexibility, the depth, the shooting, the defense, the rebounding, you have every piece. You have the star, you have the role players, both sides of the ball, different types of lineups. You can play is your secondary star going to rise to the occasion. If we get to a scenario where everyone's healthy and ready to go, that's the big question. The big million dollar question for this team. Thanks, Haitian. Hush Z. Hush Zoo. I think there's not a different Hush Zoo, is there? I think it's Hush. I think it's all the same Hush. Thanks, buddy, for the contribution. Might be ambitious, but when healthy, this might be the greatest offensive Nick team of all time. Six real potential 20-point scorers on any night. Lethal. Wow. So, like... (laughs) That's a bold statement. I I think... Look, there aren't that many options, sadly, because it's it's been uh, not not particularly offensively exciting history. But you go back to the early seventies, and like you're talking about you're talking about a lot of Hall of Famers and a lot of shooting in a very different game, granted. But like Clyde Monroe, Bradley DeBusher, Reed, with guys like Lucas. Off the bench. That was a hell of an offensive team. <laughs> Playoff tested, championship tested. Um I can't I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't quite go there, but this is a great offensive team. Now, is it as good as the best mellow led offenses with all the shooting around him? That's interesting because you had similar idea where you had a legit offensive star surrounded by really good shooting, right? Like same principle. Now maybe Randall gives you a higher ceiling because you have a second guy that can really create, which those mellow teams didn't, even though J.R. Smith tried at times, but like, and, and they had good point guards and Felton and kid that could run you a pick and roll Prigioni, but like it's an interesting, it's an interesting it's close. I think those that you know the, the circa 2013 Mellows team was an exceptionally good offense. Really hard to stop. This team might have a little bit more versatility um, to it, but I would give the nod overall to the early 70s teams. I think that's uh, hard to beat. Hard to beat. No three point shot, of course. Hush is back, man. Precious is playing himself into a hefty contract. Can the Knicks afford to keep iHeart? OG and Precious feels like they'd have to move Mitch. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult. I think something would probably have to change. You have to move off some salary somehow. Again, assuming there's no superstar trade, like assuming this is the general roster. Now you lose Burks, who's a free agent. Um, 
I don't, you know, and, and then it depends on how much they're willing to spend and ownership, right? Because it's also an apron and tax question. Better suited for Jeremy Cohen, certainly, than me. Um, and I hope so. You'll get the chance to ask Jeremy. My inkling, my guess, my educated guess would be that unless they move off some significant salary somewhere, and Mitch is the is the example you raise, I think I don't I don't see them keeping all those guys. And that's even assuming I, they're going to keep OG. So that's that's done. Um, what they might feel if they don't move Mitch is that Precious basically replaces iHeart because iHeart might demand from some team a salary that we can't offer him. It's possible. Um, this injury issue might get in the way of that. I don't know. The way he was performing in January, I think it was destined to happen. He might want to start somewhere for sure, and I don't know if he's going to have that guarantee in New York. So it's a, it's an interesting question. I don't know. I don't know the answer. Um, but my guess would be that they don't keep all three of those guys unless they move some someone. Hush is back. By the way, if Precious stays, this is Tibbs' new charge. Yes, there's definitely uh, there is definitely some Taj to him. Absolutely. And he uses the same compliment. Great feet. He said it about Taj every press, every press conference he had, and he's saying it about Precious now. He has great feet. For a big, he's got great feet. Similarly, an undersized five, a non-shooting four. Taj started his career as a four, uh, became a five as the league evolved, and he got a little slower. Different time also, obviously. Like fours didn't shoot. Not every four used to shoot threes, and now they do. Um uh, but uh, but an excellent backup big, an excellent backup big, which Taj was in his prime and which OG, I think, is if you embrace him for what he is and you allow him to be who he is, which is flexible, switchable, versatile. And if he can develop, if he can continue to develop the three point shot, then that's a huge thing. I wouldn't count it out. He's, he's talented. Absolutely. The new Taj. I love that comp. Thanks, Hush. Claudio Santos. Thank you, Claudio, for the contribution. When was the last time the Knicks had a shooting duo as good as Bogdanovich and DiVincenzo? Never? <laughs> Never. Um, I mean... Thinking back to those mellow teams, you had Novak, Novak and like J.R. Smith was pretty damn good. Are they as good as Bogdanovich and DiVincenzo? And you're leaving out Brunson, who might be the best shooter of all of them. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think Houston and Starks were quite that, you know, Starks was more of a streaky kind of shooter. Houston was up with these guys, with any of these guys as a shooter. Um, you know, like, and again, but you go pre three point shot. So then you're talking about like Bradley and, and Monroe, Bradley and Frazier. Like, yeah, I mean, you can make the argument they were as good, but they didn't shoot threes, obviously. Uh, I mean, that's a fair question. It's a fair question. I don't know. Could be shooter, you know, shooting duo is an interesting term. It's kind of vague. But in terms of just like catch and shoot ability, consistent 40 plus percent three point shooting on the catch, maybe not. They might be the best we've had. They might be the best we've had. I think, I think JR and Novak are up there though. Thanks, Claudio. Kevin D, he's back. 
JB, DDV, OG, Precious, plus a center death lineup. Ah, uh, no. I can't get there. I, I you know, I, I'm still very concerned with Precious at the four lineups with a non stretch center in a playoff setting. I just am. I just am. Like, it's hard to play two non shooters. You saw it with Josh Hart last year in the playoffs. Like, if he's not willing to shoot, and, and the, the floor just gets very cramped when you play two non shooters, and especially because we didn't have Julius in that lineup. It's not a bad lineup. It's not my favorite type of lineup for this team. And like, I would rather have Precious at the five. Now we're talking, like, when we talk about death lineups, you're talking about like a small switchable five, which is the origin of it, which Dray- Draymond at center. That's what you saw late tonight. It's like you want to tell me that Brunson, DiVincenzo, OG. Brunson, DiVincenzo, OG. And let's say we don't put Randall in there, but let's say OG. I don't want to put Hart in there either. Probably have to be like Bogdanovich. Is that good enough defensively? It's good. All these lineups are good. That's the beauty of it. I I don't know about a death lineup there, though. Um, Kevin says, in my opinion, Mitch will be back, but as a backup, Jew less so. Kevin, I value your opinion. I hope you're right. I, I look. The reporting is that he'll be back. I'm just not sure what he'll look like. Uh, and 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 every time Mitch has, every time Mitch has come back from severe injuries, I'm not this, I shouldn't say severe. Every time Mitch has come back from injuries, it takes him a while, as it would generally for a guy his size to become him. Or he went through like a body change. Remember when he lost weight, he gained weight, he put on muscle, he took off like all these things that Mitch has done in his career to kind of transform himself. It always takes him a a large portion of games to get his feet under him. And so, I don't know. Like I, I hope he's back. I hope he's ready to go by the playoffs. I'm not, I'm not banking on it. I'm just not, but I hope you're right. Thanks, Kevin. Hiram Claudio. Wow. Thank you for this very, very ultra generous contribution. This is very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it here at KFS. Um, Glad for the win. Glad for the return of KFS. The best NBA coverage anywhere. Wow. That is super, super kind. We're glad to be back. We're glad to provide the coverage that we provide. Uh, We love to do it. And uh, wait, <laughs> this is Pops. <laughs> I didn't know your first name. I've only known him by Pastor Claudio. And I can't, the picture is too small. Pastor Claudio, how are you? I was like, his last name's Claudio. It kind of looks in that small picture like your dad, Andrew, but I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Pastor Claudio. I hope all is well. Um, love to, I would love to see you soon. It's been too long. Uh, it was wonderful to meet you at Andrew's wedding. Uh, you're a legend. So thank you for the contribution as well. Thank you for being here. Thanks for being the best. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, maybe making Andrew's night a little bit better since he has to be on here on vacation. <laughs> uh, we appreciate you so much. Yes, glad to be back. KFS is back. We're back. For the stretch run, we got unlimited content coming your way. We have the best in the business doing it. 
We got John, the best host in the business. We got Andrew, the best producer and a great host in his own right, doing all the pregame shows. We got the Casual Friday crew. Who you, they, the, the name is Casual Friday because it's a great name, but they're anything but casual. They're smart. They're funny. They're all over it. Uh, they're great. They're just it's a great compliment to what we do. Um, we got Jeremy's gonna be doing what Jeremy does. He's the best and what he does, we all know that. Um, and then we got our film guys. We got our film guys, that's me, that's DJ, the great DJ Zulu, the detail junkie. That's 99th basketball. We have we'll have a I think DJ's on tonight or tomorrow for the film thread. So keep an eye out on the KFS account. Film thread coming on this game. I'm sure he's going to do some amazing work focusing in on something uh, that he, we didn't see that he'll, he will see because that's what he does. Um, Andrew tells me he's got a, a recording ready to go Saturday morning, a pregame. Uh, did I see another super chat? Danny Gardner at the buzzer. As I'm waxing poetic about what we have to provide for you guys. Danny says, if we are healthy, it's going to be very interesting to see what players are in the rotation, depending on the matchup versus Philly. I like deuce over Burks. It will be very interesting, Danny. And and to go back to bring it full circle the way I started. What tonight tells you, I think is that this team may be ready to really weaponize its depth and its versatility. And if they do that and they're willing to buy in, the coach is willing to lean into that versatility schematically lineup wise, dangerous ball club. If they get healthy, Dangerous ball club. Thanks, Danny. And Danny's back. Versus Boston, pressures at the five is very interesting. Yes. Danny. Danny's on it tonight. A million percent. By the way, Sims is kind of interesting too. But but Precious is really interesting at the five. And OG could be potentially very interesting at the five. That's what I mean, is you have so many options. To, you could play five out with those guys all of a sudden. Uh, that's the beauty of it. Uh, anyway, yes, yeah, so Andrew's got the pregame ready to go Saturday morning. Um, that's it. Please like and subscribe. Like this video, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to the podcast feed, leave a five-star rating and review. Thank you all for joining me here for the KFS postgame. I assume Andrew John will be back on Saturday, but let me know if I'm wrong there. You'll get your guy back. Nope, he won't be. Never mind. John will be back at some point. It'll be Andrew and XJ on Saturday, which is a freaking dream team. So you'll enjoy that. Then John will be back. For, take you through the rest of this basketball season. An exciting time to be a Knicks fan. Hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks for coming out. See you soon. Peace.